0: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Inside the Winner's Circle here on the Win Life Podcast with Awilda Rivera. I'm really excited today because I have Bonsu Thompson with me here today. He's a writer and producer who co-wrote the award-winning short film, Story Ave. He has been editor-in-chief at The Source, a creative consultant at MTV2, Flam Magazine, senior writer, excuse me. Uh, a music editor at Double L. He's worked with Nike, Hennessy, Rockaware, where Stoli, Beats by Dre. I mean, and that wasn't enough, Amazing Human has also interviewed the likes of Jay-Z, Clive Davis, Dan Aykroyd, Sanaa Lathan, Dwight Howard, just to name a few, and has lent his pen to Billboard, Penthouse, and Bleacher Report, not to mention his most latest accolades, 2019 fellow of the Sundance Writers Lab. Bonsu. thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I am super excited to have you on so that you can share um, your wisdom with the listeners. Tell us first, let's take a step back. Mm -hmm. Um, Clearly are creative, you know. They're not just a writer, but you've also produced. You've been in the film space and in the print space, and that's not something that we see a lot. Um, so already, that's worth noting. But tell us, let's let's go back to the beginning. When you were young, you know, when you were a little boy, is this sort of what you had envisioned for yourself?
1: Uh, not at all. Um, I mean, I had a very limited vision. I mean, the world was also very different when I was, you know, a young man, um, well, when I was a boy. Um, well, first of all, I don't really remember not writing. That's probably um, I, I was born a writer. I can I can honestly say that. Um, and I really have to credit my parents for that. You know, they um they fostered that from young. I was attracted to words and stories and characters, um, you know, longer than my memory serves. So um. Um, you know, but when I was younger, you know, I just figured I, w- I liked writing, I liked writing short stories. I figured I'd just, you know, I'd write a book when I get older, right? Um, you know, you don't really have a a, um, a wide uh, view of the world and, and all these options at the time. You know, this is, you know, we're talking like late 70s, early 80s. So, um, you know, I just figured when I got older, you know, nine to 10 years old, you know, I was attracted to journalism and, I figured I'd be like Bob Costas, right? I figured I'd go on, you know, be a, a sports broadcaster or a news anchor, and um, because again, like it, it was either like you know you're writing in the newspaper or you are you know telling you know broadcasting the news on television. Um, so I didn't imagine you know being you know a digital producer or or I definitely didn't imagine myself writing for television or writing for film. Um, I never knew how far my writing my writing ability could take me so um i had to learn that much later on wow
0: okay so already i hope that everyone listening picked up on that you know sometimes when we're visioning ourselves older we don't always know where we're gonna end up and you know Bonsu isn't the first uh person featured on this segment that you guys have heard that from so, Bonsu, you did mention you've always been attracted to words. You've always sort of like telling stories, you know, the art of storytelling. Mm-hmm. So how did that develop over time? Because even though you wanted to be like a news anchor or Bob Costas, clearly you've ended up going a different path. So, you know, what was that like? What led you to uh, give yourself permission to deviate from that vision?
1: Um. That's interesting. Um, well, okay. Well, I guess I took the expected route. Um, I, I mean, I, you know, being a writer and and again, like being attracted to media uh, from, as a kid, you know, you just take the, you know, take the the conventional steps, right? Like, um, I was attracted. I I had to join my school newspaper in high school. Um, not not to say that the school forced me to. You know, I just felt like that was something that if I was going to get good at the, in this field and that was going to be a profession of mine in the future i had to join my school paper did that um so obviously when it came time to go to college and you're looking for majors i went the um you know the journalism route and um ended up at dell state university and uh you know just taking basic print journalism courses this is when print wasn't actual (laughs) print journalism was a real thing was a major commodity um but the thing was it was very rare in the urban spaces right um You know, you had, of course, you know, you had Time Magazine and you had Rolling Stone Magazine and you had all these popular, um, these huge media brands, but um, the urban spaces, they were few and far in between. Um, So, of course, being a hip hop baby, um, I was attracted to magazines that reflected my culture. So I was the one, you know, looking for, you know, write on magazines and, in um in um, Black Beat. Um, and of course, eventually, <laughs> right. the source, the, eventually the source magazine. So when I, you know, when, I, when it was time for me to go to college, uh, you know, there were up and coming magazines like, um, like Rap Pages and Blaze and then Double XL was one of them and Double XL at the time um, was one of my favorite new magazines. Like I've always been attracted to the underdog and they just seem to have a very fresh and artistic spin on the culture at the time like they have their finger dead on the pulse of of what hip-hop was at the time because I've always loved hip-hop from um an underground level like you know this this is like you know this is like the late 90s when you know you feel like it's not really true unless it's like underground rap right um you know right 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 (laughs) you know puff 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 was of course was was uh was elevating the game and raising the culture to new, you know, economic um, and, and marketing heights. But, you know, it was shunned upon at first, right? It wasn't, you know, it wasn't what we grew up on. We grew up on, you know, being poor, <laughs> being in a cypher. Yeah, yeah, the shiny suits in, in, weren't exactly. well received yeah, initially. <laughs> right. Because it wasn't an in, 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 in accurate, you know, the the, the pushback was, was, was valid because it wasn't an accurate, um, depiction of who we were like we weren't wearing shiny suits like that there were of course a certain sector of our community who were wearing shiny suits but the majority of us were not you know weren't weren't wearing shiny suits and, and nor could they afford you know th- that kind the, of the shiny suits suit. exactly
0: so you know
1: it's very simple now with today with gucci and like us boycotting gucci which makes absolutely no sense because the majority of black people can't afford gucci anyway so like what are we focusing on really um but i digress um so you know when i um, when i get when i get when I got to college um, you know, I went through two years of of, of being a journalism major and my junior year, they required that I find a, an internship um, on my way the summer between my junior and senior year. Um, A friend of mine happened stands. A friend of mine ended up on a plane sitting next to at the time, the associate music editor at double XL, who was Mm -hmm. Daytona good friend to this day. And currently the editor in chief of vibe and, um, you know, he Dayton was telling my friend about what he does. And my friend was like, oh, I, I have a friend who's a writer and, like, who's pursuing journalism and loves magazines and, like, you know, and loves hip-hop, and I think this would be perfect. He's like, "We're well, we're looking for interns. So, you know, he gives him his card. They exchange. <clears throat> well, Dayton gives uh, my friend his card. He gives it to me. I call in. You know, I get an interview. I'm an intern for not only Double XL, but I learned that my favorite basketball magazine, Slam magazine, was also under the house that the, under the publication house of Double um, XL, which was Harris Publications, so it was kind of serendipitous. Um, you know, you know, this is I'm I'm, I'm very much I, feel, I know that Fortune was a great was a was a great contributor in who what I am where I am today and who I am today professionally. Um, I put a lot of work and a lot of hours in. I think I've reached my ten thousand hours, but I have so many <laughs> more. But um, yeah.
0: well, what I what I would say to that, first of all. I love how you illustrated that, um, how you talked about, you know, simply because people that listen to the show know that I'm all about, you know, informing your network about what it is that you have going on, because if people don't know what you have going on, they can't advocate for you. Right. Right. And I have a theory where that person in your circle who is the one that's going to be out there looking for opportunities with you without you even asking them is what I refer to as the scout.
1: Right. Right. So right. you had a
0: friend who was already willing to act as a scout, saw this opportunity, you had, you know, done your part by your praising your tribe, your community of what you were doing, mm-hmm. and continuing to be dedicated to, you know, achieving that. Right. And look, here comes the scout finding the opportunity, you take the follow through, right? Because if you didn't follow through with that card, or if you would have just sent one email... It may not have panned through.
1: But and I, and you, I sat on it, to be honest, I did see, I sat on that card. I was just like, there's no way. It's just I didn't believe it. Like it was too good to be true. You know?
0: I'm so like, glad you shared that. I'm yeah. so glad you shared that because so many times individuals are like, Well, I mean, of course, she's so like confident and but it's nah. like, no, you know, he took a pause, right? He took a moment to assess and say, how does How does this initial action I'm going to take of reaching out to uh, this gentleman coincide with, is in alignment with what I'm trying to accomplish, which is the success that Bonsu truly desired, which was to become you know, elevated and recognized as an expert in the literary field, in the entertainment right. field, someone of value, right? Right. right? And it wasn't necessarily that you needed this opportunity to be validated in that way, but that this opportunity logically lent itself to you moving on to the next stage.
1: But I but I but I think I did at the time need I needed that to be validated. I, I didn't I didn't know what I possessed at the time. I knew that at the time i'm kind of like just coasting off of my passion and my love you know i happen to have put the you know the 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 minimal hours in you know the preliminary hours in like working with my school paper and things like that but that was all just me going after my education like being self-taught um i wasn't really getting any scholastic training in journalism in high school um you know i in you know even, like, my, my real journalism courses came later on in college, not initially. Um, so a lot of, you know, what I was at that point of me becoming an intern was really self-taught. And I kind of needed to see where I was. It's almost like, you know, you're being a basketball player and, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. you're making all of your shots in the backyard, but you have no idea of your talent until you go to the gym and play against other people. Yeah, until someone's blocking you. Exactly, right? So it's like mm-hmm. I had to go there. And like you know, write for somebody who was much more skilled than me, who knew what the format was, knew the structure, and to tell me, you know, whether I had it or not, or how if I did it, how far was I off, you know? And um, I I fortunately, honestly, like I fortunately, like I really got l- little criticism from early. I mean, they you know before I left that summer after my internship, I got they offered me a job to not go back to school, and um of course I wanted to take it. Right. Like, you know, it wasn't even about the money at the time. Um, it was just about like, wow, like I can go pro, <laughs> you know, like I can, actually, yeah, actually, yeah. I can actually start my career before I graduate. I never fathomed that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it was a huge, huge, confident booster. I mean, like I'm, you know, I'm seeing, I'm a senior in college and I'm already like, all right, I already know where I'm working when I get out of here. It, of course it didn't work out that easy, but you know, I'm like, I know I have a a spot in this field, whether it's at Double Excel, another magazine. I know I'm I've been validated, so I needed that internship to let me know exactly where I fit, where my skills, my skill set fit in the real world. Um, and you know, and yet I'm ridiculously grateful for that opportunity today.
0: That's amazing. That's that's truly amazing, and you know. So a couple things that you touched on that I really want the uh, listeners to key in Mm -hmm. on is that, one, you know, you were aware of the skills you were lacking and you weren't too big headed to like go and get the skills. right? Right. Because it's so important in our ability to execute to have whatever it is that we need and while yes a lot of it can come from within as demonstrated with you and the absence of criticism because you had it right? right but you were willing at least to put yourself in a position to get that feedback and to get that those hours right I love that you're referring it to sort of as your hours because anyone that's listening, whether you're trying to be a dog groomer or write a book or just have more peace in your, in your mind, you know, it takes hours, it takes the practice and it takes a willingness to be committed to that. So, okay. So we're at the point where you decide, you know, you're, you're in college, you're about to graduate or you graduate. Um, sort of then what happens what it like your family we know has encouraged you to write they've been cool with it but was there resistance was there ever any questioning either from within yourself or from anyone in your environment about whether or not you you know you should move on this path whether it was the right path or maybe you should go be a quote-unquote serious journalist um did you experience any of that
1: no my family's always been um, very supportive and i just think you know They were, number one, my family, I come from a lot of educators. um, So, you know, that was always what they put in the forefront, you know, perform well in school, you know, raise, you know, intelligent human beings. Um, My writing ability was always embraced by my family, you know, and I even, I was talking to a friend recently, uh, how I even realized my mother kind of like hustled my skill a little bit to get me in college. Because when I was in a senior in high school, she would enter me into like these, Scholarships, right? These scholarship competitions, and you know, it was like you know, you would, you would, um, basically, what to get in to get the scholarship or be considered, you had to, you have to write a letter. Because I was seventeen years old and I was one of the one of the better writers out of everybody submitting, I would usually get the scholarship. So, so, and it's like you know, you would, you would, you would write this letter get considered and if you win you just have to come to us like this little ceremony and then you give like a speech so these were all the things that i've kind of was already like crafting you know to become a better Mm -hmm. speaker to become a better you're being groomed yeah Mm -hmm. i'm grooming myself with my natural passion so what she was doing was putting me putting my strengths um up against you know these these competitions against other children basically and then i would get like you know a couple of thousand dollars to help me with school because we were we weren't you know wealthy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but now I see what she was doing. Like, looking back, like, all of these years, I see what she was doing. It was like, okay, well, the, the, the competition, it wasn't about grades so much. Like, I wasn't, like, a, an honor roll student. I was pretty basic because I didn't love the school. I just loved my courses, you know. Um, I would excel in English courses. I would excel in the courses I was interested in, and I would, like, have average grades in those courses I wasn't, you know, I wasn't interested in. And, um right. You know and it's like you know I had like you know I have pretty much a, a long leash as a you know teenager also um mm-hmm. you know, that, that's a whole issue with my family um but you know it was like <laughs> but but the thing was my my family loved the fact loved the fact that I kind of always had a vision right so you know it, it and it kept me from out of a lot of nonsense because I grew up in you know you know Brooklyn, New York, so it was a different time and it was pretty crazy, like even just going mm-hmm. from school was a little crazy so I think Uh a lot of times, like, having an idea of who I wanted to be or some kind of sense of what I wanted or what I didn't want helped me out a lot, and I think that was appreciated with my family, so they kind of always supported me, even with my mom. My mom, I didn't get any resistance with wanting to pursue, um, you know, hip-hop journalism or music journalism. Um, They didn't understand it. Like, you know, this is, like, hip-hop journalism wasn't yeah it was
0: very new at the time extremely
1: new so you know like my parents of course knew magazines my grandmother had the most extensive jet and ebony collection you know right 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 like even when i'm getting like my first byline you know you know i'm bringing home magazines like look at my name in it they're ecstatic right my name was in the magazine yeah yeah. no idea what i'm writing about
0: (laughs) Exactly. exactly. And I mean, that's really apropos for, you know, people that are listening right now because they, you know, technology, there's a lot of innovators out there and a lot of innovators listening. So if you're someone that's looking to get involved in an industry or in an activity that, you know, no one's ever really heard about, you know, don't let that be a discourage, you know, don't let that discourage you. Mm -hmm. Just like he has just indicated with his experience you know just because other people don't know what it is doesn't mean you shouldn't do it right. Uh um, right. and just because people you know may not they may be curious as to what it's actually about doesn't mean they don't believe in you or support you yep. and beyond that you know i love that you also were so candid about your experience in school because for those of you that are listening that are younger you know my younger listeners you know they may say well you, you know, I've had uh, many on many people on that did go the traditional route and other people that went a completely non-traditional yeah. route. And I, I just love that you have been so candid and saying, listen, I got good grades and I got okay grades, and that was just what it was. And that didn't let me diminish what I like to do. On top of that, what I the other thing I love is that there's this overall sort of theme of aligning your activity with your passion. Mm-hmm. And through aligning that activity and that passion together, you're really able to continue to elevate yourself and what you're doing and your expertise. Right. So all of these things now having considered, you know, we're flashing forward a little bit. You've had, you know, you've done the print writing, you've done some consulting, you know, and then you land... In the film world, talk to us a little bit about sort of that pivot, um, and what that was like.
1: Oh, I mean, that's you—you're talking over a decade jump right there. Um, the, <laughs> the film world—I
0: know. Is, I wish we had more time. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> the
1: film world is—is—is—is is, um, is, is new. It's new. I mean, I've done some television writing, um, and it's funny. The transition was like you know, I—of course, the foundation of my professional career was print magazine. Um, you know, cultural journalism, music journalism, um, concentration in hip hop, but after, but like creating print magazine, what I learned, it taught me was, see, back in the days when you when you used to create these magazines, like say a monthly or even a, a bi monthly, you had to forecast not only what the what was going to be hot, but what the market wanted, right? So you know, you develop these this, these forecasting sensibilities, and what I learned was, it was great to work in the marketing field as well because marketing companies and brands would come to me like, Hey, like you're a media tastemaker with this driving, you know, whether it's hip hop soul or hip hop or double XL or vibe, whatever it is, you, you see the culture, you serve the culture on a consistent basis. We want to kind of pick your brain and we want to kind of have you articulate this brand to a certain sector since you're bilingual within the culture, you know, multilingual within the culture. And um in just doing that and learning just story and learning that everything was really story, like whether it was me writing up a, a, a profile on a certain music exec or a music artist and and figuring out what that story was, what the, what's the story that's not being told. You know, like I was always confident in writing about somebody who had been written about a number of times because my focus was what hadn't been written. I like that's the I want I'm always looking for the missing note. Um so transitioning and in, in, in a learning story and how to articulate Uh, create story and, and, and in honing on story for different brands. Um, I just, you know, got to a point a few years ago, but maybe so five years ago where I was just like, I want to be able as the market started shifting and people started, um, you know, going more towards visual content and visual media, you know, I was like, okay, I want to be able to hone in on smaller stories, black stories, brown stories that I'm not seeing, um, not only from a, uh, a visual standpoint, but from a smaller standpoint. I was very much interested in, like, short stories, short visual stories, because every story doesn't need um, the same um, same platform, right? Like, mm-hmm. Ray Charles's biopic may need two hours, but, um, you know, uh, a, a very popular A&R may only need, you know, a half an hour. You know, like, somebody may need a big screen, another person just may need, you know, a Netflix show or something like yeah. that. So, yeah, Yeah. it's just just different stories. And I'm also, I I was always fascinated in knowing that um, being able to tell a large story or say a lot with a small space, right, is is actually where the real skill comes in. Anybody can write a lot. You can overwrite. People who Mm communicate, like, that's just because they are not really clear on what they're saying or how to say it. But when you can say a lot in a small space or with limited amount of words, then you are kind of like a master of your craft. You're a master of the English language. Whatever and Mark, English
0: language. Mark Twain said, uh, give me three days and I can write you 30 pages, but give me 30 days and I can write you three pages. There you go. There you go. You know? Exactly. And I have may slightly misquoted him, but I know that is
1: the general. But gist. We get this right. You get this shit Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um,
0: so something that you said that I really, really, really want to highlight for the listeners mm-hmm that I just love, is that you were flexible to pivot your vision. <laughs> and uh, well, you have to. Well, I mean, this is you. the thing that I talk about with, with everyone. It's like, you know, we get so attached, right, to, oh, you know, I'll use myself an example. When I was growing up, I said I was going to be a lawyer and a doctor. Mm-hmm. And I was so attached to that. And everything that I did was about that. And I was very unyielding with that mm-hmm. until I ended up having a mild cardiac event. which made me have to say, okay, maybe I need to like be more flexible and really redefine what success is for me and go after it that way. Right. Right? And with, with much less drama, you were able to do that. You were able to see the shifting market and say, listen, I still want to be involved in this. I still want to be involved in this particular way. But for me, success will now look like you know, B instead of A. Um, and that type of latitude that you gave yourself is something that I really want the listeners to glob onto. Because, you know, they would say, well, why would you want to shift your idea if you've already been so successful, right? Like well, you've written for all these things, you've done these things, right. why would you shift? And it's it's not a question of Would you? The question of I want to.
1: And so I am. Well, well, I'll I'll take it a step further. It's sometimes you absolutely have to. I mean, you know, I'm very much a like a giraffe. Right. Like, you know, they, they say that giraffes, their necks are long because, you know, centuries ago, you know, they had to keep stretching to find their food. Whether that's true or not, I can't confirm. But it's basically like as human beings, we are designed to adapt. Right, and the and 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 your success will come from your ability to adapt. Um, the market, the, the the market for print, c- pretty much collapsed around two thousand and eight. So, and there are a lot of my peers before then who were really talented, great writers, editors, who com- either became like you know teachers or they went you know they went uh, the the film route or just got completely different jobs you know altogether outside of media and. Like storytelling is something that was me before I even realized it was it was part of me. So that's something I just couldn't give up. It wasn't just a professional thing for me. Like I have an ache. I'm constantly pregnant with ideas, and I have to find a way to get out. Like that's the most painful part of my profession is that I, I'm I'm constantly impregnated with these ideas, and there's not always a platform to conceive. So with me mm, and what a good mm-hmm, sorry to interrupt with you. Mm-hmm. No, so with me it was like. Okay, like I couldn't stick to print magazines when all of these print magazines are are they're going they're going from like monthly magazines to bi monthly to quarterly to just digital. Like this is the the digital takeover. Everything's going online now. They, they there was a period a few years where they were still trying to figure out how to monetize that. That was very rough for a person who whose entire professional career was in print. So I had no choice but to go. You know tell stories for different brands you know dabble in tv writing you know um you know and, uh, and also again like figure know that that um that vi- the visual storytelling was becoming a huge huge thing so i was gonna have to like figure out how to be as good in this area in that area so i basically like i did when you know i was an intern i just took myself to school like just like i did when i you know. Submitted myself into um, writing for my school newspaper, even though nobody forced me to or asked me to. I just had to like start teaching myself, and that's the road I'm on. And that has transitioned from you know having my own documentary, digital documentary series with BET, um, the Prelude, and we did a full season, which I'm very proud of, um, all the way to you know um, teaming up with my current director, Aristotle. And us, you know, co-writing, um, a short film, which won, you know, the Manhattan Film Festival last year and, uh, was attracted Sundance asking us to write a full movie. And we, you know, we wrote an entire movie about, you know, in less than five weeks. Um, and it's all, wow. and none of this would have happened. It's not like I have like formal training in this area. It's just that I've always, I've never stopped writing. I never stopped storytelling. So wait, even though I don't have, um you know, scholastic and formal training in this area, I have the basic tools to um, create what's needed, you know, um, and, I'm, and I'm learning along the like this whole process I've, every day has been a learning process, like we started writing the movie last October and I was a better writer when I went to Sundance, I was a better writer when I left Sundance, you know, I was a, I'm, I'm yeah. a, great, a much better writer from the two years ago when we started writing that, that short so um, it's just about constantly you know, educating yourself and never resting on how good you are, like you know, I don't think Malcolm Gladwell just, like, rests on his laurels. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, his podcast is amazing. I mean, he's, he's, he's a, you know, an award-winning novelist. He's a, he, could, he could rest on his laurels and like, he, he could have rested on his laurels when he was just, you know, uh, a journalist. Um, but then he decided to become an author, and then he could have rested on his laurels in that. Now he's an uh, amazing podcaster. So it's, like, just keep evolving and stay true to who you are. Like, I, I don't do what I do just to pay the bills. I do it because I'd ache if I didn't.
0: And I love that, you know, I love that you highlighted that because that was the thing that I'm like, okay, underline bold italics um, Mm -hmm. to the listener, because a lot of people you know, they listen to the show and they listen because they want to, there's something that they want to do, right? They may not have figured it out yet, but there is that aching and that yearning inside them. Then they're trying to figure out what it is, or maybe they figured out what it is, but they're like, oh, this doesn't line up with this industry or that industry. And what I love about what you said is essentially like, as long as you're passion focused, the purpose just, flows right and when your passion focus and the purpose is flowing that opportunities come Mm -hmm. and your sort of unyielding commitment to defining yourself (laughs) from the inside out in that way based (laughs) on your passions has really served you Mm. you know and that's something that I really want to highlight for the listener that Mm -hmm. listen if what you're passionate about is art or you know, storytelling or exercise yeah, or yeah. N- nutrition right. or whatever right. it is, that, animals, like whatever it is that you're passionate about. If you allow yourself to be driven by allowing to yourself to express that passion in a productive way, you'll never feel like you lack purpose. And if you take that and you inform your community about what you're trying to do and how you're trying to do it and where you see yourself, then opportunities will come just like they did for Bonsu, just like they have for me and for so many others who have made that choice. Now, it is a choice. And, you know, Bonsu, as much as I want to only talk about the rainbows and the unicorns, you know, (laughs) I I do want to take a little bit of time and just talk about, you know, what you know do you wake up every single day and are just like yeah or are there some days when you wake up and like oh god i don't know you know like can you speak to that a
1: little bit i am i'm an aquarius i'm a very moody aquarius so oh same (laughs) uh, yeah and that's another thing that's that's another thing too like i that's right that's right right fellow aquarius um but no like that's something that i really want to i always want to articulate to people like you know, I don't have like a nine to five. You know, I don't work for anybody. Like, I, I'm very much a hunter. Like, I everything I eat, I have to hunt for. And um, I'm fortunate enough to like have you know enough years in this game and enough um, cachet and, and, and stock with, with with a lot of like successful people, a lot of um, you know quality brands, where that you know when they need something specific creatively, you know, I'm high on the list as far as people are considered. So I'm, I am. Um, I am fortunate in that regard, but best believe, like, there's, like, the lack of stability is the headache in my my world, right? Like, you can have a very great month where you're working with all these amazing people and all these different projects, and then you can have, like, you know, then it's like, you know, middle of December where everything shuts down because it's the holidays, and, you know, from, and then, from, from mid-December until mid-January, like, it's pretty lean, you know, you have to prepare for that cold winter. So, like, you know, I don't have that stability of you know, a paycheck every two weeks or, you know, um, you know, just, uh, you know, I can, I can get sick or I can go on vacation. And it's like, no, it's like, if I go on vacation, I'm basically not making money. So I have to prepare extra for that. So it's a different, it's a different mind state. I have to be very self-governed. Um, you have to be a...
0: Yeah. So you have to prepare for that long winter and, yeah with that how do you psych yourself up like how do you keep yourself motivated
1: um i couldn't you know you have to consume what you love i mean i again like you know i am my work right like i love just like i'm i'm writing film right now and um i create you know uh, you know digital documentaries and um you know i write essays i consume you know it's like when you know, when, when you have like a, a low time or, um, you know, you're between projects, what you have to do is you have to replenish yourself, you know, so I consume mm-hmm. the best. And it's almost like just what you eat, like you are what you eat, right? So if, mm-hmm. I can, if I'm consuming, you know, like, for instance, I went to go see um, Bill Street for the second time oh, last week. Nice. Um, and that's only because I saw it the first time and I was just really mesmerized how beautiful the cinematography was. Right? It was just gorgeous, gorgeous, you know, black film, of course, you know, classic Based off a classic novel, mm-hmm. and then it was just a beautiful, beautiful uh, movie, and I was very captivated by, um, by Barry Jenkins. eye but my, my talking to my director, and he was he, um, he found the actual score, and we would write sometimes. Some days we would write to the actual score, and I'm just like, you know what? I didn't really listen. I was so caught up in the visual, I didn't really listen. So I went back to watch the movie, but to listen with along with the movie and mm. it, it was a different experience so just like you know training those senses but feeding yourself in different ways um you know it helps me write like you know watching dialogue like right now I'm, I'm watching true detective um HBO and you know everybody mm. doesn't love it you know by, by yeah. the time this comes out it'll be over but everybody doesn't love it but like I'm <laughs> getting a lot from it because I love I'm loving the rhythm of the dialogue you know like I'm loving mm. the interaction between um Mahershala Herschel's character Wayne and his wife um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I just love that rhythm that they had when they were courting each other, and even the rhythm, you know, when they're going through rocky times in their relationship. Um, because I'm, you know, we're we're working on our second draft for this for this film, um, for this for a sun for a Sundance deadline, and um you know, like a lot of the dialogue is, is, is you know, I'm, I'm handling a lot of the dialogue and I'm, and that rhythm is very important. Um, I'm very mm-hmm. much a Tarantino fan, um, I'm very much. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm very much a Tarantino fan. And if you understand why Tarantino movies work so well, uh, well, one, one, why they're so verbose, I mean, he's, he, he, he he cannot make a movie under two hours because his scripts are so long. He has like, everybody has like these ridiculous monologues, but they're so captivating because they're about everything and nothing at the same time. And he really mm-hmm. he really homes in on kind of like the the hu- like human idiosyncrasy, um, mm-hmm. like even Reservoir Dogs, a favorite movie. But it, the script starts with him talking about Madonna. You know, it's like has exactly. Them, you know what I'm saying? So it's exactly. Like, but but you would but what he's saying about Madonna will resonate with some people or open their eyes to something. And like that's what I want to do. Like you know, just take everything and nothing and 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 give it um a conscious give it a a, con- a concentrated. Um, target, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. and and discovering that rhythm um, to create these human um, interactions is, re- is really a skill. And I'm really um, I'm enjoying the process. Um, I feel like I'm getting better by the day. Um, I feel like I've always, you know, been writing, you know, dialogue in my head. Um, I used to write mm-hmm. short stories when I was younger, like me and my brother used to, write, you know, draw cartoons and, you know, we used to draw t- cartoons, but we used to create stories with these cartoons. Like that was our thing. Mm-hmm. We would have our characters and then like, write our own comics. But we but it, I was very much about storyline. And again, this was just for fun. This We, we would do like right. we weren't playing with our toys. You know, nobody was yeah. us do this. So, again, this was just me getting that out, me being pregnant at the time and needing to conceive, getting that get that out some way. So um, it's just the same thing right now, just on a, um, a bigger level.
0: Yeah. And and something that you touched on a couple of moments ago, which was just about, you know, having a hunter mentality and whatever it is that you love to do when there's a low consuming that. Right. Right. So if you're a yoga teacher and you're getting out of love with yoga, go take a class. Right. You know, if you're if you are an artist and you're uninspired, go to the museum. You know what I mean? Like if you're
1: where you are as a teacher. It always starts with you as the fan and a student. So, like, go back to that love. You know, go back to understanding those the days that your profession or your craft isn't you know treating you well or isn't making you happy. Go find the happiness because it's always it's it's never going to leave. Like if you're doing mm-hmm. whatever you to go find the happiness. And I mean, if you're a train conductor and you're just like, you know, you, you're just going through the motions to like, you know, put food on your family's table, that's completely fine. But when you're not doing that, find what your happiness is. If, even that's going home to paint, whether that's going to just watching a basketball game, going to the gym and shooting hoops yourself, whatever that may be, the gym, whatever that may be, go find your happiness. I have the great, the huge fortune of, um, of having a profession that is that, that also my hobbies and my loves. So it's all, uh-huh. it's all coincided. So I'm able to live this, you know, when it's not those days, I'm not happy where, you know, a, a check comes late or like, you know, I'm battling with an accountant department you know i have to go <laughs> to the movies or i have to go you know read baldwin or go read Coates, or you know just or watch you know television whatever it is but something that's going to make me feel happy my one of my favorite movies or whatever you know just have to go find that happiness as a creative. that's what works for me i don't know about everybody you know i think we all have some kind of creativity uh, within mm-hmm. them but i know that like, there's no like creative muscle in me like i am a, i am that muscle like i am all creativity mm-hmm
0: your whole being whole, is it yeah spirit
1: and creati- creativity so and i love the the way that you
0: really summed that up and i mean again that just highlights that when you're living in your passion and you're following your passion and you're very purpose filled yeah and you know regardless of wherever that passion is directing you it's going to be fulfilling right yeah. so 10 years ago when it was in print media it was fulfilling yep present day when it's in you know visual media entertainment filmmaking it's fulfilling and the thread is that it's still your passion yeah so man you have shared so many amazing and wonderful insights um with the audience and you have really given them a lot to think about and you've i mean I'm very much inspired and I I get as much from these things as I hope my listeners do. So, Mm -hmm. you know, one last thing Mm -hmm. that I ask everyone on the show is if people have been listening and they're just like, man, yeah, like I can do this. I'm all revved up. Like, okay, cool. You know? And they're like, man, I want to be like Bonzu and like really be in my passion and really, fulfill myself with what makes me happy and even if that's something that I'm doing in my off time like I really want to commit to that. What's like one last piece of advice that you would give them so they can win life like you?
1: <laughs> win life. I'm still I'm still running the race. Um <laughs> but um
0: that's from where your vantage point, right? But from everyone else, that's at the starting line, you're way ahead of the game.
1: I mean, I guess so. I mean, I I feel like a baby because I mean, even now, like I'm a I'm a fairly I'm a very new, you know, screenwriter. Um, yes, I have the, the great fortune of being a you know certified Sundance, uh, 2019 Screenwriters Lab fellow. Um, but even it, it's just because like we you know I've been putting in 10,000 hours writing elsewhere. and and working on story that it it easily translated into something into a new field it's the same basics but it's a new field so i guess to answer your question um i guess i would start with alignment really um i know everybody doesn't have the fortune of being who they who they are professionally as i do um but what i would say is just like really just tap into going from attacking from an ideal world like where do you see yourself where do you want to see yourself right And and best believe, like, whatever you want to see for yourself, it's going to be the hardest to get there. Like, whatever your dreams are, whatever your goals are, (laughs) like, understand, like, you have the right to pursue those. But understand, in order to pursue them, it's going to be probably your roughest terrain. Mm -hmm. And you'll be tested the most to get what you really want. Because the universe is all about testing you. People talk all day about what they want. I want to be rich. I want to be 50 pounds lighter. But your wants are really articulated in your actions and how much work you put mm-hmm. in. You know, like, you know, if you really want a six-pack, you have to want a six-pack when you're craving french fries to make that decision.
0: <laughs> and you have to want a six-pack at 6 a.m. when you're supposed to go to the exactly. gym. But don't feel like right, it. if you
1: really want that. So, like, now it's like, <laughs> I don't even lie to myself anymore because I'm my toughest critic. It's like, when I say I want something... It's about, I, I judge my wants according to my actions. And I'm like, okay, you don't mm-hmm. really want that. If you're not going to get up right now and do that, then you don't really want that. If you don't want to improve your run, then you don't really want that. If you don't want to, you know, purchase it at, at a certain time, then you don't really want. So it's like, it's really, you have to be completely honest with yourself um, and and know what it takes to get there. And like, cause once you realize what the, the, there's some people who, if they realize what they had to go through to get their success, they might not have chosen that path anymore. You know? (laughs) So it's like, be completely honest with yourself. Like, don't just say, don't just say, I want the destination. What you're saying is, do you want the journey? Because that's Mm -hmm. what it's really going to be about.
0: Mm hmm Oh my goodness. So true. So
1: true. And, and what, you know,
0: what you really hit on is so important (laughs) because, you know, of course the fun part is the like, oh what do i want to be do i really you know why do i want to be that okay yeah i i can buy into that right right? but then the other part of the equation is like are you gonna line up your behaviors and your values and your beliefs are you gonna do the things are you gonna like have the tribe and the scout like boss and the mentor and the and the champion like are you gonna execute Right. Like, are you just going to sit on right. the car or, ex- exactly. or are you going to, or are you going to email the guy, are you know, you gonna, and then you once you're ex- doing that, and then once you're doing that, like what, what are your actions? Like, are you like taking the initial action and then not doing anything else? Or are you taking the initial action and then following it up? So you, and what is the, what are you
1: doing with the data You're, you, right, you're just, that you're you, getting? You just gave me something. Cause I'm actually, gonna, I'm going to, I don't really do, um, vision boards. But there's somewhere in my apartment where I'm gonna hang up. Are you going to execute? That that right there is so key. Because like we could it really is. It's so key. Like you can have all the ideas in the world. It's like the execution is everything. Create the bridge. I'm sitting right here, but I want to get over there. The execution is your bridge. That's Mm -hmm. your path. So it's like, you know, and but that's the that's the real work, you know? Yeah. And that's where it's and and you touched on
0: it, you know. Yeah. When you were talking about like the discipline and the commitment that's required. Yes, and, yes, yes. you know, when you look at like the Richard Bronsons or whatever, and, and you're like, oh, would well, they have decided to do the same thing? You know, if right. they knew what was required. Right. And yes. the truth is, is that that's what makes it the greatest adventure is that we don't know exactly what's required, but we know we're willing to do whatever it is. And having that fundamental belief in yourself is really essential. Um, with what Bonsu said about being in alignment, you know, being ready to execute, being you know honest with yourself about whether you're willing to do what is required, and man, like that's really it. Like that's that's it. And it, while it, we make it sound like oh duh, you know, like
1: no, and I'm and I will. Take it's it, not
0: that obvious, you know. <laughs> and I will, and,
1: and one last thing, I'll take it even further, right? Because this is something that also people don't really aren't really aware of. We also we we also um, we think it's just about like pick a goal and then run towards it, right? Okay. There's two things to that. Number one, life doesn't work with just plan and execution. That's that's huge, but you also have to be able to recalibrate because life always throws you a course. Mm -hmm. You know, you could be a straight runner, you could be the fastest runner, but can you get knocked off a course and still finish with a with at top speed? That's Mm -hmm. that's key to life, right? But number two sometimes we keep running towards a certain goal and we're wondering why we're not getting there. And a lot of times it's because we are choosing the wrong goal. We're choosing goals that we think we should have instead of goals that are in alignment with who we are. Mm-hmm. So and pe- this is, you know, the, if you're picking the wrong horse, you keep, you keep betting on the wrong. horse. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many times you go to church. I don't care how many prayers you send. It doesn't matter. You're mm-hmm. betting on the wrong horse. You that know? is
0: so true. And that's why in my, you know, I created a theorem called success math. And one of the things is like, yo, if e- 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 e, your S, right, which is one side of the equation all by itself could be, you know, the most wonderful variable S that you ha- can imagine. But if on the other side of the equation, it's, you're not in alignment. It's not, you know, it's, you're not execute, You're not like, it's not going to happen. Yeah, that's not right. And so that's not you, you, yeah. so then you have to realize like, Hey, I need to define my success with more realistically. And that doesn't mean don't have a big dream. That just means like, hey, I want to be a neurosurgeon. Maybe my idea of success that I need to be working towards is going to school to get the information to be a neurosurgeon, not... I'm going to be a neurosurgeon and now I need to go take a test because you haven't done any of the middle stuff. How about
1: that? You learn who you are on the journey. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. about the destination. Mm -hmm. You think you're going towards something. You're actually going towards something else. You just have to get on the, get on the road. Mm hmm. So, man,
0: Bonzu, you have been just a delight to have on. I'm so grateful that you spent your time with us today. And I can't wait to have people really take this in. And you guys listening. Remember, if there's anything you missed or if you're like, man, that really resonated. <laughs> it's as free. You can run it back and listen again. <laughs> you know, sure. take notes you know, in the show notes, there's a bunch of links of amazing articles and things that Bonzo has done if you want to, you know, connect with them. And, and, you know, and what if they want to, like, reach out or see what you've done? What's the best way for them to do that?
1: Um, I guess, I guess email would be best. I mean, if somebody wants to reach out. Okay. And that's, um, dreamgeneral at gmail.com. Okay,
0: the dreamgeneral at gmail.com. So if you are a writer or in screen writing or storytelling and you know this particularly resonated with you you know he didn't have to give y'all his email now
1: and I can tell you that's his real email. Yeah. Um and in so, my in my in my daily you know my daily storytelling is you know on Instagram so that's that um, yeah so Bo- check
0: out his Instagram.
1: Bonsu dreams with a Z
0: Mm-hmm. Check them out. Um, follow this band. There's only great, great things that I know are going to continue to come from. So keep this mind at the... Keep his name at the top of your mind mm-hmm. because you're going to see it a lot soon. So everybody... Uh, you know, listen, pay attention, follow your dreams, be in alignment, but make sure you're in alignment for the right purpose. Right. Live your passion. Don't be afraid to live your passion and don't be afraid to do the work. Cause remember, if you don't do the work, you're not going to go very far. And until next time you guys get out there and win life.